Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. I came home. My mother was in a total panic. My grandmother, who was 94 years old, she had a heat stroke, and she... She did not make it. It was one of the most dreadful experiences of my life. That's Samantha Stenzel from Chicago's North Center neighborhood, remembering the deadly heat wave that hit the city 25 years ago this week. City leaders were unprepared and slow to react. And it started at the top. She can't contribute it all to heat. But I mean, it can. It's impossible. Well, I don't think anyone realizes basically uh, 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 what could take place dealing with heat. I mean, that's pretty realistic. We all have to. We all have our little problems, but let's not vote out of proportion. All week, we're marking the 25th anniversary of that deadly heat wave, which took 739 lives in the city of Chicago. Today, we're looking at it from a political perspective. Joining me now are two who knew Chicago politics very well. Some might call former Alderman Helen Schiller from Uptown the godmother of today's Progressive Caucus. Ms. Schiller, welcome to Reset. Thank you. And also on the line from the Third Ward and arguably one of Chicago's most well-known aldermen of all time, Dorothy Tillman. Ms. Tillman, thanks for making time today. I thank you. It's great to be on with uh, Helen. Those are my sister that's been in the struggle since we was fighting for the schools, and we both uh, went into office as a result of Mayor Washington. Yeah. So, so uh, Helen, let's start with you on this. Uh, so it, let's take us to 1995, second or third day of the heat wave. The city's hot. It's boiling hot. It's midday Friday, and you're wondering about your ward and specifically what the city's plan is to deal with this heat. So walk us through that day and what happened. It was later in the day, and we were uh, concerned that the cooling centers were going to be closed at 5. So I called uh, the Department of Human Services, who was responsible for the heating centers, and I was uh, to get a schedule for the weekend so I could make sure people knew. And remember, this is the hottest day we've had so far. It's over 100 degrees. And they tell me they have no plans at all for the weekend. And I kind of freak out, but don't get much of a response. Uh, but I have, I know that the next day I'm going to see the mayor. And meanwhile, we out to bringing water to people and doing everything we can to do wellness checks or to get to buildings where people are vulnerable to go out and do wellness checks. Um, but I'm really concerned because nothing, the, the city hasn't even at this point issued a heat advisory or an emergency or anything. Hmm. So the next day there's a, there's a meeting, the Jane Addams Senior Caucus, all senior citizens have organized a meeting that the mayor is coming to and they're going to demand affordable housing. It's at a church on Belmont and 500 seniors show up in 90 some degree weather. By noon, uh, the mayor is getting notices, information. He's there, and he's getting information that people are dying and literally seemingly dropping like flies, Uh, at which point he agrees to whatever they're asking him, which included some affordable housing in my ward for seniors, and quickly leaves. But on his way out, I catch him, and I tell him my concerns. I'm a little outraged, actually. And he has pressed up for his political operative, Tim Degman, and his floor leader on the city council floor, Patty Olson, meet with me as soon as possible. But let me just tell you, the other thing that happened that day 
is that there was a fire at the Edison substation on the north side, and it caused a blackout to 40,000 families, many of them were living in high-rises in my ward. So we were immediately out there trying to deal with that, but it was then followed over the next two to three weeks with rolling blackouts that affected all sorts of senior citizens and people throughout the city. So even as the key wave dissipated, the blackout... They continued. I remember that. It was as bad. Now, the only other thing I want to say is that my meeting with Hules and uh, Degnan went something... I was really upset, and my primary concern was that people had to stop dying, and that people were dying wanted to do something to affect it. And I knew from when Harold Washington was mayor that there was a mini heat wave in 1984, and the health department at that point his health department put together uh, a 15 point, I believe 15 points around that plan for heat emergencies. Uh, and apparently nobody knew nobody about Nobody knew that. about it. Nobody, nobody tried to nobody uncover it. Nothing it. like that. Yeah. It was the, I think the arrogance of power often that says we don't have to pay attention to what happened before, especially in a partisan divide. Right. Uh, we're just going to keep going. Yeah, and, and it's, it's parallel to what that. we know now with COVID-19 as well. I want to bring in um, Ms. Tillman. Ms. Oh, Tillman. I can listen to Ellen forever. We've been together for a long time. <laughs> Helen, you know, I, I carried Jim Lisa down to school the weekend that it happened. And from there, right. I went to see my mother, and I had to get back here. Take us through what you were experiencing, because most of, of the victims, as we know now, and, and this wasn't necessarily known at the case, uh, were from black and brown communities. And, and you being the alderman of the third ward, uh, what was your response when you saw that many from your communities and communities near you were dying? Blacks, I think, that was dying because they didn't have air conditioning. You have to remember, a lot of the seniors, some of them didn't even have fans. And I told the mayor and I told him, this is not, we're not going to have this. I mean, I, I felt like it was very kind of um, disparaging, when, even when they began to, to deal with it. I think my community became a little, they, they was much slower. And they began to pass out fans, I think, Helen. I, it's, I can't even hardly remember. Then they began to give out fans from human services to different seniors, to everybody delivering fans, and I said, what the hell is fans going to do? <laughs> they gave fans, and people were still dying. And when I looked out and I saw these trucks, these food trucks carrying bodies, I mean, it, it was just terrible. But they began to give up fans, and I was very disturbed, as Helen was. And, of course, I did speak with the mayor, and I spoke with Tim Dagna and also Pat Hill. And they, you know, they understood. I think that might have something to do with him changing his tune. Yeah. Because some of us was not going to take that. And Pat understood that. Tim, they did, they did too. They just... You know, they, I mean, we're not going to take this. I, they could have had those cooling buses in front of those buildings uh, much earlier. And I think cooling buses would have been much better than those fans. History looks back on this story, uh, Ms. Schiller. And, and I want to ask you this because it does feel like at the first, the, the, the feel was that it really wasn't taken seriously by, by the Daly administration. And when, and when you look at that, that's how history kind of looks at it. And you can hear the tape and see how it evolves over the week and, and, and the weeks after. A lot of that... Is that accurate? Do you feel that, that it wasn't being taken seriously at the time? And, and because of pushback from you and from former Alderman Tillman and others, that, that he started to make that turn? Yeah, so I met with Hules and Degnan. They uh, initially were like, what's the problem? And I said, look, there's a, there's a heat plan. These are our 15 elements of it. Uh, these are things that you need to do immediately. You can implement them right away. The first one was to declare an emergency. Uh, but they included the buses, they included fans or anything else that could be done to help cool people in their homes, getting them ice to put in front of it. Uh, it included opening up fire hydrants, 
by the fire department in a manner that wouldn't affect their firefighting, but which had holes on the caps so that the kids could get cooled off in the streets mm-hmm. instead of turning off the fire hydrants, which were creating fire problems. So I said, this is about people dying, so I'm not going to go to the press today. You have five days to implement these, and if then it's not done, I'm going to go to the press. Right. They went to work. On Five days later, I saw Degnan in City Hall. He grabbed me. And with his typical smile that he always kind of had on his face, he said, so, Helen, we implemented everything you requested. I'm guessing, I'm assuming now you're not going to the press. And this <laughs> right. is the third time I'm talking to the press. Well, if we're talking with 46, former 46 Ward Alderman Helen Schiller and also third Ward Alderman Dorothy Tillman. Tillman, just for people who aren't familiar with Chicago politics and, and the history of it, Tim Degnan was the chief of staff for Mayor Daley. Uh, Pat Hules was the floor leader and alderman, I believe, in the 11th, right? Yes. He was over his political operation. He's one of the uh, politi- yeah, over, yeah. He worked in the office. Right? That area that Jackie had, he wasn't um, the uh, chief of staff. Thank you for the clarification. Mm-hmm. But but uh, Alderman Tillman, a lot has been made from Eric Kleinenberg's book, and we talked to the documentarian of the film Cooked, a survival by zip code, about this being really uh, about racism, environmental yes. racism, and the idea that uh, people who died were these are these were disparities and things that were already happening in Chicago, and this. That's why they died. Yeah, that's why they died. So, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that sentiment, Alderman Tillman? Well, I think that um, the whole city of Chicago was like, like Helen talks about how how her war was. But of course, when you when you look at the black community and you think about years and years of neglect and the plantation politics that exist in Chicago, uh, that our community was always neglected. That's why when other folks got a cold, we got pneumonia. So, of course, I agree, but probably with a different turn on it in terms of what have happened historically within the black community in terms of resources. It reminds me of when, when, when Mayor Washington first got in office, and uh, we brought the uh, weed cutters to the ward because we never had weed cutters. And the people came on the street, and they said, what are those? And we said, they're weed cutters. Folks didn't know what we were getting ready to do. And when the weed cutters began to cut the lots, they were shocked, which is an example of resources that other areas have been getting their, their lots and stuff cut. They had weed cutters, but our community had none. It was a lot of resources that the black community was not used to that when Mayor Washington got in, Helen and those of us who was around began to work in our ward, and, 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 and the mayor responded. Let me just say in terms of Daly, Mayor Daly, I think that uh, his change of heart was because of people like Helen and those of us who was uh, – fighting, that which says that when you are elected to represent your community, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not there to represent uh, the, the mayor or anybody else. You're there to represent your community. And when you find that those aldermen speak out and stay strong, you will see changes. So when you see communities totally, totally neglected with no changes, then those all of them are keeping their mouth closed. Helen certainly was not going to be quiet. And there was a group of us who was really fighting because we that's why we were sent down at a fight mm-hmm. for our community. Uh, Helen, great point about um, about just the way that, that politics plays out and, and wards in Chicago. Right. I'm, I'm interested as the aftermath came out and there was the, the, the famous task force that put out the, the recommendations and, and kind of reviewed what happened. They really kind of still looked at it like a meteorological story, like a weather story. Deep and buried into it is about racial disparities. Do you feel, when you think about that and, and how the city reacted to it, even after the fact and kind of summed it all up, that too just exacerbated the situation? Well, you know, you can't isolate this. This heat wave had an impact for months afterwards. 
And the people who are dealing with it were dealing with the issues in their wards or uh, if they were aldermen, um, if there were other people, they were dealing with their community groups, et cetera. And there was a lot of outcry about at the time about the fact that it was impacting predominantly black and poor residents of the city of Chicago. Right. The Hispanic community was, I just recently read an article at, in the moment when the statistics were showing that it was a little bit, it was affecting the Hispanic community, but not as much as the black community. And there were various and the poor whites, the poor whites were really suffering. People, people forgot yeah. about that there was a really huge poor white section in Chicago on, on the right. north side. And they had yeah. a hard 46 time, 46 Ward, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. We faced a lot of deaths. We were constantly having wellness checks on people, et cetera. This was not isolated. So it was one moment in history, but there were so many other moments even that same year where things were happening that really affected people and required us to kind of mobilize in different ways. So you had activities with the police. There was lots of issues with police misconduct that were never being followed up. And we were attempting to address them. There were all sorts of rules. So the response was typically, as it had been with the heat wave, to blame the victim. So right. during the heat wave, people who were poor, people who had poor health, were blamed for being in poor health as a reason for them dying. Right. But it was very hard to get attention focused back on historically what had been happening with healthcare, which was its elimination from the community, and the need to really put more resources back into it. The staff budget year, I remember fighting to maintain the Department of Health commitment, the city's commitment to the right. Department of Health to continue to operate its clinics. We were constantly under pressure to defund or to remove funds mm. from those very programs and resources that the city provided and took responsibility right. for at the time that really would help people be able to deal with some of the historic And that continues. That, that continues today. I think yeah. it's even worse today because That's what I was have ask. some people that really truly don't understand. Either they don't understand or they don't have the will to fight. Uh, when you have uh, Helen Chiller, Dorothy Tillman, and we had other aldermen down there with us too, who are willing to fight uh, on behalf of our community and fight for the resources and the work together, uh, you would see something different. But I think it's worse now because I'm not so sure. And even the ones who do fight back, uh, one or two down there fighting back, they don't have much backup from their colleagues. So I think it's worse because you don't really have a voice. Plantation politics is alive and well in this city now, worse than it was almost when Daly was there, because uh, at least you had us out there fighting back. Uh, Alderman Tillman, I'll, I'll leave it with you, but just do you think that um, Chicago's prepared for if, if, if this weekend began a 100-degree temperature and we saw the same thing we saw in 1995, would we, we, would we be prepared? I think we're better prepared, so I won't know until it happened, but I would think that we're better, we're better prepared uh, in terms of we do have some of a lot of things Helen was telling you about. Some of them are still in place, and we have the buses. And uh, I think that you prob- the mayor probably will react a little differently than daily. Yeah. And Alderman Schiller, same question. Uh, well, certainly I think that we have uh, someone in charge of the health department who's uh, willing to communicate and uh, inform people of things that they need to do in an emergency. And I would hope that in this case, it would be considered a health emergency. Right. Uh, but I think that we, and I think it's really important that this be a clarion call to the city and to the, to, to the mayor and the city council that they really have to find a way to put resources back into health care and mental health and the different areas that have been seriously impacted over the years 
leading to the kinds of discriminations that have been coming out in COVID-19 and, um, and in, in many of the police conduct yeah. uh, demonstrations that have been going on. And I think that that means that they have to seriously put everything, including the police budget, on the table in terms of where resources are going and how they're going to be spent. What is their goal and how best to get there? There's very few people that have looked at the violence in Chicago and not come to at least some conclusion that other issues other than the presence of police are what's needed in order to be able to address that question. They go to education, yep. they go to health care, they go to mental health, they go to jobs and employment and housing. And unless we take on those things seriously with a multi-year plan that has teeth to it, that's really going to begin to turn that around, we're not going to see yep. any changes. With All right. Well, that's, that's, we're going to leave it there. Third, former Third Ward Alderman Dorothy Tillman and former 46th Ward Alderman Helen Schiller. I want to thank you both for taking some time to talk with us and revisiting this story. 25 years later. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. Join us tomorrow for our Friday News Roundup, where we break down the biggest local and state stories of the week. Until then, I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you right here tomorrow. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.